This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast with Brad the Big Noise Evans and Senior Fun Buns Brandon Funston. All right, it's time to step inside the discount den, Brandon. We are focused on today's episode on running backs available after the top 30 are off the board, and I'll even let you throw in number 30 overall because it's a guy that we're both going to have on our list. So we're going to count down <laughs> our favorites overall, but let's go ahead and throw it out there to the masses. Guys that just missed the cut and deserve an honorable mention overall. What player was that for you? Well, I'm going to go with Jamal Williams, who I've always called, you know, I, I haven't Damn talked glowing. Yeah, kind of a ham and egger, but he is versatile. And Anthony Land has run two running back sets uh, when he was with the Chargers, and he's talked up Jamal Williams as a classic 1A back. I believe that he fully plans on a, you know, it may be 60-40 in DeAndre Swift's favor, but I think he's going to be in a platoon there in Detroit. And he getting that RB45, I like him as an honorable mention because I think the value could be as high as RB36. It's like a back-end RB3. I think he has that potential. So I like the value getting him in the mid-40s there. Yeah, my guy's Ronald Jones. And, you know, Ronald Jones uh, bulked up last season and become a tackle-breaking machine. He was a Sherman tank between the hash marks. Uh, he's right now at RB33, 85.7 in terms of average draft position. Even in half-point PPR leagues, as we know he's got stone hands, you know, Tom Brady would throw the ball in his own direction. He'd drop it, and Tom be like, yo, get the hook. Get him out of here. Get his yeah, ass on the yep. bench. Bring in Leonard Fournette. Let's go. But Ronald Jones, when he was the early down running back last season, he was number three in yards after contact per attempt at 3.65, trailing a couple of studs and Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry in that category. And even uh, due to the fact he didn't surpass 30 receptions, he still finished RB16 and half point PPR total scoring a season ago. He got top five offensive line. Uh, yeah, he got Gio Bernard in the mix there, and you might hear his name mentioned a little bit later on in this pod, but I think Rojo at RB33 is a quality RB3, RB4 in 12-team leagues, whether standard, half-point PPR, or full-point PPR this year. So don't forget about the yar, the Buccaneer, in the middle rounds of your draft. With that, let's get to today's Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, Brandon, uh, you and I have a little bit of a discrepancy here, disparity on number five, number four, number three on our list. So we're going to go ping pong style back and forth. And if you've been watching the Olympics ping pong, it's going to be a brisk pace here. So number five for (laughs) you, uh, what do you got on your list in terms of discount den running backs? Yeah, the guy I have uh, number five is going right now at RB49. And if you look at what he's done the last two years, he's finished RB30 and RB33 in half-point PPR. And that's Latavius Murray. And mm. all that we've been hearing about New Orleans, especially with Michael Thomas being down with the new quarterback situation, is they plan to lean more on the backfield than they have even in the last couple of years. So I don't see how Latavius Murray falls all the way to – RB 49 when he's been pushing the top 30 the last couple of years and the situation seemingly could be even better in terms of workload than he's seen in the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I kind of like that one. Uh, that's not too shabby. I'm going to go back to Tampa Bay and I'm going to throw out Gio Bernard here as I teased uh, with my Rojo take. 
Uh, at RB55, 177.4, I mean, you're getting him in the 11th hour. That is when, like, the fifth tequila hits, and <laughs> you're in an altered state. And you're just, like, you know, looking sloppily at your cheat sheet, you know, trying to rub the blurriness out of your eyes. Oh, yeah, Gio Bernard. Uh, Gio Bernard still available. Yes, he is. There's, like, Sylvester the Cat, I think, coming out of my voice there. <laughs> and, like, yeah, he's yours. Great, because if you get him, that late in the draft, you're likely going to score 50 catches. He's the new James White in this game. Yes. And remember those thighs, folks. Oh, those glorious, delicious, sweaty, well-defined thighs. And we're making the round. Oh, and don't forget media. the stash. Don't forget the, the – Oh, he shaved it, dude. He didn't have oh, the stash anymore. It's criminal. I, oh, that is criminal. But, yeah. yeah, instead of looking over the sidelines saying, getting Rojo out and give me Leonard Fournette – uh, they're going to say, hey, we can do you even better. We can give you a geo in the passing game. Yeah, I think he is going to really uh, sap the value of one Leonard Fournette, as you mentioned. And Gio Bernard, 50-plus catches, I think it's practically a sure thing, if you can guarantee me, even 15 games this year in Tampa. So he's going to have a lot of flex appeal this season. And, yes, pour one out, much like when Tom Selleck shaved his mustache uh, decades ago. We all, like, had a moment of, like, why did Tom Selleck do that? Uh, I feel the same about you Bernard. <laughs> number four all right moving on number four on your list of heavily discounted running backs that could exceed expectations who made the cut uh i'm gonna go with david johnson going as rb34 oh. i think people are writing this guy off way too quickly last year in a not great situation in houston he had uh, basically a second best fantasy season of his career at eight touchdowns in 12 games, averaged 4.7 yards per catch. And I think the key here uh, is you're going to have, uh, you know, some issues at quarterback. No Deshaun Watson, we believe. I think they're going to want the guy that has the experience in David Johnson, especially in the passing game, because we know Houston with that defense and really with this offense, um, you know, he's best suited to be out there in that backfield in the passing game. So I don't think David Johnson is going away. I had a very good year last year. And I think a lot of people are seeing Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram and Rex, Rex Burkhead there and going, oh, they're clearly trying to get away from David Johnson. I don't think that's the case. I just think they're looking for some little better backups to David Johnson. I still expect him to be the lead guy there. Yeah, that's a uh, roll of the dice right there, uh, my friend. Uh, that is like uh, crossing a rickety bridge uh, over a body of water full of gators uh, that just want to eat you <laughs> whole. So good luck with that one. Uh, I'm not going to ride the David Johnson train with you. I'm going to go with a guy that, you know, kind of of a similar vein that people are sheepish on. It's James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals right now, RB39, 107.8 in terms of ADP. Dude, I think there is an outside shot here that he could have 10 total touchdowns this season. I think he's going to dominate the goal line work. Remember, Chase Edmonds, as as much as everybody's singing his praises, oh, it's Chase Edmonds' season. It's going to be a breakout here. He's going to be a top 20 running back. I would say, you know, why don't you slam on the brakes here for a second? Remember, Chase Edmonds has only had one carry, one, folks, in his NFL career inside the five-yard line. It's going to be Connor time near the goal line. And you look at some of the secondary analytics last season – you know, James Conner wasn't terrible behind a terrible offensive line. Uh, yards created per touch, he was RB24. Uh, he ranked top 15 in total evaded tackles. He had nine runs of 15 or more yards at rank number seven among NFL rushers. So, you know, he could still get the job done. I understand that he's brittle, but having Edmonds there should, you know, on a lighter load, help him out and buoy his numbers overall. So I think it's like 800 to 900 total yards. 
And like I said, it, there was an outside shot here at 10 total touchdowns. Realistically, probably seven or eight. Great value. A lot of flexy, sexy upside for James Conner. Maybe a revival in the desert this season. Again, you're getting after pick 100 overall. Number three. All right, marching on. Numero Trace Brandon, who's on the list. It's one of my biggest movers since the beginning of the summer to now, and that's Damian Harris. I I feel <laughs> like, you know, this is Lucy holding the football, uh, but this is not Charlie Brown taking the swing at the kick. This is me being Schroeder. You know, Lucy likes Schroeder, Ooh. and so she might Ooh. actually keep the ball there so Schroeder Ooh. can kick it. Uh, but I'm falling into uh, believing that this could actually be a two-running back setup with James White handling the passing game and Damian Harris pretty much – being the clear guy in in the in the uh, you know first and second downs, uh, he passed the eye test to me last year. Bill Belichick's been saying good things about him, and the the key here for Damian Harris, I think, in terms of fantasy value, is Mac Jones taking over at quarterback because Damian Harris would have some touchdown upside if that were to happen. Cam Newton goes away; he's not stealing 10, 12 touchdowns at the goal line like he did last year. So I. I like Damian Harris having a, a, a better workload this year. Actually, maybe even getting a little bit more involved in the passing game, maybe absorbing some of those 25 catches of Rex Burkhead that are no longer there. I tell you what, man. Cam Newton right now may have the upper hand, at least uh, so far in training camp. I think the preseason is really going to determine who is going to win that gig. And, yeah, hopefully for your Damian Harris takes sake uh, that Cam Newton will get overtaken by Mac Jones sooner rather than later because Cam is going to play a massive factor in Damian Harris's upside this year. Remember, he only had two goal line carries last year, what, 10 games? And, uh, you had, know, that's he had two touchdowns. So, yeah. He did, but that's especially a Cam. And if Cam has a stranglehold on this job, I would be tempering expectations for Damian Harris. But, you know, maybe it could be the next Corey Dillon. Who knows? Uh, within this offensive scheme. Uh, I, however, is going to shy away as Damon Harris did not make my list. I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon of the Green Bay Packers. You and I love Aaron Jones. He is now flying up our running back ranks. I got him at RB6. I think you got him at RB5. Admittedly, you know, since Aaron Rodgers has returned uh, from his vacation in Hawaii, wonderfully tanned, you know, rocking the man <laughs> bun to the flip-flops, chill and laid back. Life is good for A.A. Ron at this current moment in time. But A.J. Dillon's a beast. We know this. You know, we've seen the the photos of him side by side with Aaron Jones, and it's almost comical they play the same position, right? We've seen right. the nut huggers that he wears, <laughs> and people are all commenting, oh, my God, look at the tree trunks on that guy. And I also go back to that game against the Tennessee Titans last year in the snow. Aaron Jones got nicked up in that game, and A.J. Dillon came in. That was a 100-yard game for him, and he was – you know, unstoppable breaking tackles all over the place against the Titans. You know, he's RB 35, 92.5. Mentioned Jamal Williams. Now he's uh, wearing the Honolulu Blues for the Detroit Lions. So there could be an opportunity here. He gets 30% of the opportunity share. If that shakes out to 9, 10, maybe upwards of 11 touches per game, A.J. Dillon's going to be in people's flex spots and 14-team in deeper leagues more often than not. And God forbid if something happened to Aaron Jones, what are we thinking here? Maybe a top oh, seven, geez. top five running back? Yeah, you start putting him in the Derrick Henry light. You know, that's kind of – it would be along the same lines. 
So yeah, you're absolutely right. I was just looking at their their depth chart now, and it's Kylan Hill, I believe from Mississippi State rookie, as <laughs> kind of like the number three guy. So yeah, you're talking Corey Dillon, probably twenty twenty five carries a game if Aaron Jones goes down. Oh, dripping with upside. That my friends is AJ Dillon. Stick around for our top two running backs. Hang it out at the discount den. Number two. All right, uh, moving on. Number two, you and I on the same page. Please, my friend, peel back the curtain. Who is it? Oh, let me step to the pulpit and tell you, give you a little sermon mm, about you, a rookie from Ohio State named Trey Sermon. And yes, we uh, both are enamored. Part of that could be that you look at the 49ers backfield. They've, in terms of fantasy points, finished in the top three each of the last two years. Uh, this is a boardwalk park place backfield in terms of the monopoly board in the NFL. And we both feel like, it, first of all, Raheem Mostert, we like, hasn't been able to stay consistently healthy. And we also like the versatility skill set of Trey Sermon and feel like, yeah, he could split carries, but he also could be the guy that gets the majority of the passing game work out of this backfield. So a lot to like about Trey Sermon. A lot, most of it starts with just the ripe offensive environment there and the likelihood that he'll split touches at least. Yeah. And, you know, he's a big body guy and, you know, he proved it not only at Oklahoma, but of course at the Ohio State. And I have to say that because otherwise I'm going to slap a lawsuit on my ass, right? Eddie George is going to come knocking on my door, and uh, that's it. That's a wrap. Or maybe uh, Andy Katzenmoyer. Remember that name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice pull. Nice pull. Yeah. Yeah, with the barbed wire tattoo. I wonder if he got that lasered off. It's so lame. If you go barbed wire on, like, the right bicep. Oh, that was so cool. Like, I don't know, around 1999. Uh, but anyway, Sermon at six foot, 215 pounds. A guy that's got great contact balance really drives through that initial line of tacklers uh pretty elusive in space as well he forced a missed tackle just over 28 percent of his touches last season for the Buckeyes could catch a ball in the backfield you know Mike Clay's got him right around 900 950 combined yards and a handful of TDs I think he kind of won up a, a, that a little bit I think it's like right around 1050 in terms of total yardage and there's a, a chance here because of the run early, run often emphasis that Kyle Shanahan likes to, you know, deploy, uh, you know, he's talking 500 carries on the ground for this team this year. You know, you may be looking at seven, eight, nine touchdowns for Trey Sermon, who has been tremendous by all accounts so far in training camp, also in pass pro, which is critical for any young rusher coming to the league, able to pick up. Uh, you know, blitz coverage and blow guys up. You're going to see the field more often than not in those situations. So Sermon at 80.7, RB30 just barely makes the cut here of our list. But I think he's undervalued, and when the dust settles on the year, you could be talking about a top 24 running back that you scored in the middle portion of your draft. That's right, indeed. Step up to the pulpit and feel the Sermon. Number one. All right, Funston, last and certainly not least, number one on our board. It is a mutual infatuation. Who is that? Oh, get Carter, the rookie Michael Carter from the New York Jets. And look at uh, when I did my, you know, pre-draft research of running backs, Michael Carter had my favorite game film that I watched. Uh, not only little guy that can just 
find the tiniest of holes between a tackle. He's slippery. He just finds a little sliver of daylight, and he'll get through the tight spaces. But then you watch him in the passing game, and I think that'll be key for the Jets mm-hmm. as they probably scoreboard chasing. Not only is he a dump off in the flat kind of option, which is what most running backs do, but you can run him out into that linebacker middle of the field area. And he is so adept at finding space and finding open spots and he catches naturally. So I think that's a huge uh, attribute to have for this offense. I thought he would ascend to the top spot early and it sounds by all counts like he's already done it like he's already kind of distanced himself from Tevin Coleman and the rest of the running back group not surprised by that at all he's a discount right now come late August I don't expect that he will be no I don't think he will either uh, yeah he's running with the ones and you know I was li- listening to Rich Samini who covers uh, the New York Jets locally uh, he was on John Hansen show and Mike Clay was on there as well on Sirius X and Fantasy and they asked him about Michael Carter and he goes look man uh He's the most talented guy in this backfield. You know, get thoughts of Tevin Coleman out of your head. It's it's Carter one, Coleman two. Coleman's going to see some action, and then it's like Ty Johnson and P. Ryan and the rest of the guys are further down the list. And Carter's a guy. He's been the flashing guy. throughout training camp. Uh, you know, if they are scoreboard chasing, he's going to get the job done. You know, he reminds me a lot of one of your favorite players of all time is Maurice Jones-Drew. He really does. He's a guy that's quick twitch. He's explosive. You know, he's five foot eight, uh, you know, a little over 200 pounds. So he's that fire hydrant build. Uh, I think he can handle the rigors of a three down workload. And you look, yeah, he was overshadowed by Juggernaut Javante Williams at North Carolina. But dude, the secondary analytics that he posted last season, the FBS level. And again, I don't know if this is an indictment on ACC tacklers that maybe not existed, <laughs> but. All he did was rack the yak number six in yards after contact and total yards after contact among all FBS rushers and forced 47 missed tackles. Uh, That was the fifth highest number of any FBS rusher. And he had the most carries of 15 or more yards with 29 last season for the Tar Heels. So Carter can get it done, man. And I I think he's grossly underrated right now. 83.3 average draft position. RB32, and those are drafts conducted over the last week. So let's go ahead and qualify it this way. Let's do an impromptu game of head-to-head. Tell me where you got Carter right now and who you would take in a fantasy draft. Michael Carter or Daryl Henderson? Ah, oh, nice. I have Michael Carter 22 and Daryl Henderson 23. I have Carter 23 and Daryl Henderson 24. Isn't that Oh, funny? okay. Yeah, very nice. Uh, what about Michael Carter or Kareem Hunt? Uh, that's my number 24. Uh, so yeah, Carter, a couple spots ahead of Hunt. All right. I've got, uh, Carter at 23. I've got Hunt at 25 and last and maybe certainly not least. Let's do a rookie head to head Michael Carter or his former college teammate. I just mentioned Javante Williams. Yeah, I started with Javante ahead uh, of Carter. I had now have it's a great call. I have all these guys directly one, two and three spots behind Carter. I now have. Carter, three spots ahead of his college teammate. I'm just worried about Melvin Gordon not going away. Um, and it might take a little bit longer time for Williams to ascend. So give me Carter. Yeah, and I have slid uh, Javante Williams down in my ranks a little bit too. He is now at RB26. I had him at RB23 forever, but I now have Carter in that spot. Though Javante Williams getting great reviews of his own so far. I can't wait to watch these guys, to be honest with you, during the preseason to get a true sense of how they are transitioning 
to the next level. With that, that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Please follow Funston on Twitter at Brandon Funston. You can follow me there as well. At Noisy Huevos, drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And until next time, adios, amigos!